All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Journey of Faith. Hey, uh, any technical errors that are happening during the service, we're blaming on the weather. Uh, that's what it is. Like we're having weather in Southern California right now. So uh, any mistakes you might see or feel, any mistakes you might make during this week with anything, you can say, well, it's the weather. That's what's happening. I want to say hi to everybody at our Torrance campus. We're connected with you live over there right now. Great that we can be together. Hey, it was really great. Uh, our Torrance and Manhattan Beach campus being together for our worship night this past Wednesday night for Ash Wednesday. Wow, that was such a great time. So glad if you were able to be a part of that. It was so wonderful. If uh, you are here for the first time, uh, did I introduce myself? My name is Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And you might be one of those people that's either coming back to church after being away for a while or like people that find themselves at this church, you might be visiting church for the first time. Maybe you're just checking out faith or God or religion. And I hope this has felt like a safe and comfortable place to check those things out. Uh, we're going to move into the, the message portion of what we're going to do here today. And I'm really excited that we get to be together because we're in this series called Friendship Essentials. And the reason we did this is because the research shows that we're in the United States at kind of a crisis point when it comes to the quality of friendships. The research shows in the United States that people are reporting that they have few or no friends and even the quality of their friendships are not what we want them to be. And maybe some of you can relate to that. So what we're doing in this series is we're looking at Jesus. We're looking at how Jesus did friendships and what his friendships were like and what he taught about friendships. And Jesus had available to him a wisdom book back in the first century it's a book of the Bible in the Old Testament called the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is a collection of wisdom sayings about all kinds of topics, including friendship. So here's one of the questions from the book of Proverbs that we're kind of using as an anchor to get us thinking about friendships. Many will say that they're loyal friends, but who can find one who's truly reliable? That's what we want. We want truly reliable friends, and we want to be truly reliable friends. So how do we do that? So in this series, we've covered various topics. Here's a list of them here. Today, we're going to be talking about this last one, but this is the list. Let's go back there for this list. Um, if you miss any of these, these are available on our app, on our website, as well as on our YouTube channel. And on our app and our website, we also have built out discussion questions for groups. So you and your friends could get together and have conversations about these different topics that, that we've kind of categorized as, as, as these seem to be like essentials. And the one we're going to talk about today, we can go to it now, is this one, alignment. Great friendships happen when we are aligned with each other in our core beliefs, in our core values, in what is most important in life, when we find that alignment, it not only helps us individually, but it helps our friendships take us to a greater place of purpose in life, and it helps us keep on track so we don't fall off into 
unhealthy ways of living. That spiritual alignment keeps us in a good place when our relationships fit together really well. Let me give you a little illustration of this. I was thinking about it just recently. Um, At Christmas, we bought a gaming chair for somebody in the family, and we were putting it together uh, instead of just giving them the box. We're like, let's give them the, the chair assembled. So uh, me and one other person in the family were assembling it, and we got to the point where the, the seat of the chair attaches to the base. And we pulled out the bolts, put the bolts in. They were like, now we got to screw on the nuts. And we looked around, and there weren't any in the kit. Like, there's no way to attach the thing. And I stuck it on there, and I sat on it, and I was like, well, we need to screw this thing together. It's got to be, or somebody's going to fall down and get hurt. So I was like, all right, this is why I have a garage. You know, so I do a bunch of like metal work in my garage. So I have all these drawers. Here's a picture of my garage. I have all these drawers of nuts and bolts and screws. And I said, I've, I've got something that's going to fit on this thing. So I went out there and as much as I have this thing organized, I spent 10 or 15 minutes and I finally found four uh, nuts that, that I thought would fit on. So I put them on. I was like, I think those will work. Went back in the living room, put the things together put them on, sat in it, and almost fell off and broke my neck because it, they weren't the right fit. They didn't fit the right way. I'm like, this is crazy. Screw it, all pun intended. I'm going to, I'm going to Ace Hardware. We have Ace Hardware right down the street from us. So I'm like, they got to have drawers and stuff like that and much of this stuff. Here's the drawers that I saw at Ace Hardware. Ooh, ooh, ooh they had a lot going on. And I was like, well, mine took me 10 or 15 minutes. This is going to take me a long time to find something. So I was like, I need to find an expert. So I had this little bolt in my hand. Here's a picture. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find an expert. Well, the expert was a 15-year-old guy. Uh, <laughs> that I mean, I walked up. I was so embarrassed and humiliated. Walking, I mean, he was like, he took a look at that bolt, and he went, well, that's an M8. It's right over here. Walked right up the drawer, pulled it out. He said, try that. Put it right on. It was perfect fit. Bought four of them, went home, put them on the chair, sat in the chair, was fine. Because I had an expert telling me exactly what it, this guy had done enough alignment of screws and nuts that he could just look at it and tell me what I needed. And that's what I need with my friendships. That's what I need with my relationship with God. I need an expert who can tell me, here's how alignment happens. And that's what Jesus is. Jesus gives us the wisdom to know how we should be connected in our friendships. So not only are they good for us, but they're good for our relationship with God in helping us be who God has called us to be. And Jesus is the best person to be able to align those friendships with other people and with God so we don't fall over and get hurt along the way. Friendships can help us with each other, but they can help us move toward God. And that's the main idea for today. We can move closer to God through our friendships. How? Let's look at a story in the life of Jesus. Here's where we can find it. It's in the New Testament, the Bible, in the book of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. And what we're going to read here is a story of Jesus when he's meeting with his friends. He's meeting with his closest friends, his 12 disciples, 
and a larger crowd of new friends, and they've, there's a big crowd of them, and they've jammed themselves into a house, and they're listening to Jesus teach about how to be aligned with God and how we can align with each other. And as he's talking to them, there's a knock on the door. Here's what it says. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, hey, your mother and brothers are standing outside, and they want to talk to you. Now, the implication here is that the family is like, well, of course, Jesus will leave his friends to go talk to his family. Look how Jesus responds. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and he said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. What's Jesus doing here? Well, first, he's really upsetting the culture of the day. Those of you that grew up or are growing up in family-oriented culture, family is first. Friends are second. In fact, sometimes in our family-oriented cultures, family comes before God. Those of you that grow up in friendship cultures, friends come before family, and your friends' thoughts and opinions and desires and beliefs might even come before God. What Jesus is doing here is kind of mashing them all up. Jesus is saying, you know what the priority should be? The priority should be a spiritual priority, relationship with God, and your relationship with God defines who your family and closest friends are. What he's doing is he's elevating the role of the spiritual life in all of our relationships and has a direct application toward friendships. How can friendships help us move toward God? Here's the first way. Like Jesus, make spiritual friendships a priority. Friendships can help us move toward God, toward God's intention for our life, toward our ultimate purpose and well-being. And friendships can also move us away from who God has us to be. Friendships can move us away from who we're ultimately intended to be. Friendships have that power. In fact, let's look at, I mentioned the book of Proverbs. Let's look at how the book of Proverbs begins. It begins with some advice, like a spiritual parent talking to a child about the wisdom of good relationships and the danger of bad relationships. And it's pretty dramatic how it's explained. Look at how it starts. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Hold on a second. Most of us don't have friends that are like, hey, come on, let's go hide and kill someone. Most of us don't have that. I will say, this is actually a big problem all around the world, and especially in our country, and in L.A. I mean, the, the gang violence, the destruction, the devastation that we have, uh, this is, it might feel kind of foreign to us, but it's a very big reality of saying, people saying, come, 
let's go hurt someone. So it's listed as murder here, but let's recognize the destructive force of peer pressure that the author is is trying to talk about, right? He says, let's hide and kill someone just for fun. Let's ambush the innocent. Then he uses kind of a metaphor. Let's swallow them alive like the grave. Let's swallow them whole like those who go down to the pit. Think of the great things we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all the stuff we take. Come, throw in your lots with us. We'll share the loot. And then the parent says, my child, don't go along with them. Stay far away from their past. They rush to commit evil deeds. They hurry to commit murder. And then there's like a a metaphor that's given. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people, they're setting up an ambush for themselves. They're trying to get themselves killed. It's like they're setting up an ambush for themselves. They don't even realize it. There's people in our lives who are setting themselves up for failure and they don't even realize. We know because we've done that too. We've moved into behaviors thinking, oh, this is going to work out fine. Oh no, we set a trap for ourselves so we don't even see it coming. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. Look at the irony of that. I'm greedy and my greed robs me. We're going to see some irony later. That, that irony comes up a lot within the wisdom literature of the Bible. Now, this might seem kind of very dramatic. It's like, here's the sinners. Don't go with the sinners. Be a good person. And that's because the Proverbs are using a kind of logic that is different from some of the logic we're used to. We'll talk about this later this year. We're going to do a series on how to interpret the different genres of the Bible. But the Proverbs and wisdom literature use something called block logic. Block logic is different than step logic. Step logic is, is, is a, more of a Western Greek way of thinking. Step logic goes like this. Here's how the world is. Here's how human beings are. This is what leads to this. Then you draw this conclusion. And at the end, here are the decisions you should make. It's very sequential. And that's actually how a lot of the New Testament letters are written, which is why a lot of Americans love hearing sermons and love reading things from New Testament letters. Hebraic thought is block logic, and it's focused on action and purpose. Don't do this thing because it's bad. Do this thing because it's good. It's also very binary. There's really two kinds of people in the world. There's evil people and good people. The book of Proverbs is like, you know what? There are people that are faithful. There's people that are unfaithful. There's wise people and fools. Be a wise person. Don't be a fool. Some of you think like through block logic. That's how you talk. Look, the world's pretty easy. Got smart people and idiots. Don't be an idiot. Be a smart person. You know, like that's block logic. Jesus used this. Look Look at this quote from Jesus where he's talking about how to live your life. There's some irony in here too. Look what he says. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. There's a narrow way. Here's life. There's a narrow way and a wide way. The narrow way leads to God. 
The wide way leads to hell. The narrow way is actually liberating. The wide way is constricting. Isn't that ironic? But that's Jesus kind of saying, look, your friendships, Jesus and the Proverbs and the, the kind of the focus of all of this is the Bible saying, look, there is a way to go and your friendships will help you go that way that is healthy and good and toward God or your friendships will help you go the wrong way which is unhealthy and will lead away from God. Go this way. Now, let me give you a warning here. What I'm not saying is get rid of all of your friendships that are not helping you go this way. This is a terrible tendency among spiritually minded and religious people. The temptation among religious people is to say, I'm only going to surround myself with people who think exactly the same way as I do on every different issue. And if you're not heading with me this way, then I'm going to get rid of you. And then what ends up happening is we get into these holy huddles and we get into this group think where suddenly we're surrounding ourselves with people we only deem are at our level or our spiritual understanding and we confuse preferences with principles and we start surrounding ourselves like this and then it's us and them. Jesus didn't operate that way. In fact, most of the highly religious people were very upset because Jesus was spending his time with them. Jesus' desire is that we would move closer and closer to God and we would be inviting these friends to come with. Now that might mean we have to understand friendships as maybe occupying different spaces in our lives. Some friends are very connected and close to us because we share common values and beliefs and goals in life. And other friends, we don't share those same common values and goals, but that doesn't mean they're off the map. Let me give you a diagram that, that helped me kind of think about this. Imagine your life and all of your friendships occupying a zone like a home with a sidewalk and a front yard. Here on the sidewalk, sidewalk friends are people we're just meeting. We don't really know them that way. We're not like, hey, nice to meet you. Come inside and, you know, take up my spare bedroom. They're people we're just meeting. Or they might be people that have very significant and different core beliefs and values. They're still in relationship with me, but they're not in my, the house of my life. As I get closer and closer, as we start getting more alignment, they might move over here. A front porch friend is a friend that I'm involved with. We talk about things in life. We exchange stories. We're getting to know each other but they're not a living room friend. A living room friend is somebody I'm spending time with. They're in my home. This is one of the reasons why we do groups in homes. It's inviting people into space and beginning to share more life with them. Kitchen friends, they see the mess of our lives. They see the dirty dishes. They see how food's made, things like that. Metaphorically, these are people we've invited into an even closer area of our life. We share more core beliefs and values together, and we're more aligned. And then probably the, 
most closest friends are those upstairs friends. Those are the ones that are with us in the upper room. Do you have upstairs friends? For those of you who live in a two-story house, you know when you invite people over, you clean up the downstairs. You don't clean up the upstairs because nobody's going up there. The only, the only people that know what's up there are the people, they already know what's up there. Upstairs friends are people that they know our secrets. We're honest with them. There's a level of vulnerability. Upstairs friends are people that we share the closest core beliefs and values. There's a place for all of your friendships in that overhead grid of your life. Don't exclude anybody. In fact, the mission of Jesus is, Jesus is like, hey, keep getting closer to me and keep inviting your friends to come with. And when you have those upstairs friends that are really helping you grow closer to God, you should thank them. In fact, that's the action step for today. Thank the people around you who are helping you walk that narrow path. Who are the people in your life that when you're going through a tough time, they're the ones that remind you to, hey, you know, stick it out. We're going to get through this. I'm here for you. The people that when you were wandering off that path, they were the ones that showed up and said, hey, can I help? Can I come over? Let's get you back on the right thing. The people that when you were making those dumb decisions, they were like, hey, I love you, and that's a dumb decision. And I care about you. Let's start doing this. Who are those people in your life? And this week, could you write them a note? You write them a letter, give them a call. Just say, hey, at that time in my life or at different times in my life, who is it that you can reach out to? Man, you're like a friend in the upper room. They'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But you can give them the metaphor, right? You're, you're the one that I'm aligned with. Who are those people? What we're really talking about is expanding this idea of what it means to be aligned with Jesus and who's in the family with Jesus. And that, that's the one other point I wanted to point out. Notice when Jesus said this, he said, anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He was expanding this idea of family. Family is not just blood. We're talking about chosen family. For some of us, it's our friends that are in some way more of a family than our blood family. And when we make a spiritual priority, when we make spiritual friendships a priority, and when we see friendships as a way to move closer to God, it really elevates, who am I closest with? And Jesus said, you know who you should be closest with? is the people that are actually doing what God said. That's going to help you the most. Not the people with the most Bible knowledge, not the people that have a steady, you know, a perfect attendance record for church. That's wonderful, but that's not the measurement. So those of us that are doing what God wants, are they kind? Are they forgiving? Are they generous? Are they bold? Are they obedient to Jesus? These are the friendships that can help us move closer to God, which means we need to be that kind of person for other people. And that's the second way that we can have our friendships help us move toward God, it's this, realign yourself with Jesus. Bottom line is we're living in our lives and it's very common for us to get misaligned. My car has bad wheel alignment all the time. You know why? Because I'm always hitting curbs. I'm always, I'm a terrible driver. I'm a terrible driver in my car. 
And sometimes I'm a terrible driver in my spiritual life. I hit curbs. I run over stuff. I make turns I shouldn't be making. And then my alignment is off. And I get my alignment fixed. That's what the Proverbs say. If you're misaligned, get realigned. Look at this proverb. It's more block logic. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow the path of evildoers. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn around and keep moving. That phrase, turn around and keep moving, that's the Hebrew idea of teshuvah, which means repentance. The idea, it's a word picture that if you're going this way, to repent means, oh, I shouldn't be going this way anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn around, and now I'm going to start going the right direction. Are there some areas in your life right now where you're going this wrong direction, and you need to stop? Some of you, it's, it's your drinking. That drinking has to stop. You know it does. You've gone to meetings. You're having problems in your life. You've you, you got to stop. There's some of you, it's the relationships. That person, you're married and you're flirting with that other person. You're going to go down that wrong path. You need to stop. For some of you, it's, it's, there's friendships. And they're, they're not saying, hey, come, let's go murder somebody. But they're saying, come on, let's go do this. And you're headed that way. And you know what? That's not going to be a good end. That's foolish. You need to turn around. For some of you, it's your, your thoughts and your feelings. For some of you, it's your finances. Your finances are out of control. And it's going this direction. You need to stop. You need to turn around. Don't be a fool. Be a wise person. Don't go the broad way. Go the narrow path. Jesus is like, come on. Let's go this way. And he's inviting you to realignment. What is that area that needs realignment? Here's the action step. Say yes to Jesus' invitation for realignment. What does that look like? For you. Not for the person next to you that you want to nudge. I'm talking about for you. You know, What does it look like for me? Here's a verse, and we're going to wrap up here in a minute. Here's a verse, uh, a quote from Jesus that really stood out to me as we were going through this series. And I, I kind of felt it leading up to this fifth week of the series. And it's about how Jesus relates to his friends. Here's what it is. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Whoa. This doesn't work with our friends. I've, I've tried it. <laughs> Don't look, are we friends? Well... You're my friend if you do what I command you. That, it doesn't. But with Jesus, it does. I was dealing with some unforgiveness. I've been wrestling with this particular area of unforgiveness in my life, and I'm working through it and boundaries and talking to my therapist about it. And then, and then uh, we did this message last week on on forgiveness. And I said, Jesus. I don't want to forgive. And I felt like I was hearing Jesus saying, are you my friend? Because if you're my friend, you'll forgive. Ouch. How many want to be Jesus' friends? You're like, not anymore. <laughs> like, you want to be Jesus' friend? Jesus wants to be your friend. Do what he says. How about that for a measurement of what it means to be aligned with Jesus? Obedience. I want you to think if there's an area of your life where you're like, 
I need to realign. That's actually what we started last week at our Good Friday service. That idea of surrender. I just need, I just need to surrender this thing. I need to get my life together. That's what this whole season of Lent is. It's like 40 days leading up to Holy Week and Easter of celebrating new life. Why are we going to have 40 days? Research says you can break a habit in 30. We got 10 extra more days to pull it off. What do I need to change? What do I need to shift? Now, for some of you, it's like, oh, no, I know this issue. I know this issue. But there's going to be some of you here who are like, this isn't just one issue. This is my whole stinking life. I don't need to just realign one area. I need to realign everything I am. And if that's you, if that resonates with you, let me share with you another kind of illustration or a drawing or a diagram that really helped me when I decided to become a follower of Jesus 33 years ago. Here it is. Imagine your life as a journey from one place to another. This is life without God, and this is life with God. And you go, man, I want to just travel across here, but there's this hole in the middle, and it's what Jesus called sin. We can't get from life without God to life with God because we've got this chasm, and Jesus called it sin, and sin is just a religious word. It means anything that's a barrier or a separation between me and God. And God says, look, I want you to have a life with me, and here's the answer. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he made a bridge for us to get across to have a relationship with God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You want to be realigned with God? Jesus says, realign with me, and I'll get you there. Let me share with you a, a prayer. It's a version of a prayer that I prayed 33 years ago. I want to show it on the screen. I'm going to read it out loud. If you want to pray it in your mind, in your heart, however you want to do that, if it resonates with you, this could be that invitation toward realignment. Here's the prayer. Loving God, thank you for creating me and loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Today, I ask you to forgive my sins. I give you the leadership of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can follow you always. In Jesus' name, amen. That prayer, it's not a magic prayer, But if you're saying that with your heart and with your mind, what you're saying is, God, I want to realign my life. Or it's not about me, it's about you. And Jesus is the way to do that. Now, if you prayed that prayer, or you're like, that's the kind of thing I need to be doing. I want to talk with somebody about that. Would you scan this QR code? And if you're watching online, you can scan it. There's someone in our chat who's going to get connected with you. And this QR code connects us to you so we can follow up and say, so what's happening? What's going on in your spiritual life? What is this step that you're feeling like you're wanting to take or that you did take today? And it's a huge move. And after the service, we're going to have our prayer team available here by the cross. And we're also going to have some people out in the connections area. If you prayed that prayer or you're thinking about that or have questions about that, we want to meet with you after the service. Because it's a really important time for you to be realigned with God, and it's an important time for us as well. Here's how we're going to finish our service today, and here's how we're going to finish this series. 
We're going to spend some time listening to and then singing a song together, and it's all about surrender. Because throughout this whole series, what we've been talking about is being intentional about friendships. It's about building emotional connection with each other. It's about mutual growth. It's about forgiveness. And all of that, it's got to come from God. If we're going to have the best friendships we see, Jesus, you come into my life and help me figure out how to do that and grow in those friendships. So I'm going to invite our bands to come out here and at Torrance, and I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to switch over. The band's going to play at Torrance. We'll play here, and, um, and it'll be, an, again, an opportunity to just kind of soak in what we've heard, and at the end of this time, uh, we'll be standing up, singing together a song of surrender together. Would you join me in, in just kind of quieting your hearts, and I'm going to pray for us as we move into this closing song. So thanks so much. God, thank you for the gift of friendship. Thank you for the amazing things that friendship can bring into our lives and to other people. Thank you that you, you chose us to not be alone, but you've designed us for relationships. And God, today, as we're thinking about this idea of being fit together in good relationships, we want to just spend a few minutes here as we close together connecting and aligning with you. Like, like the, the nut and the bolt, God, we want to be connected to you tightly so we can accomplish an even bigger purpose, the purpose you have for us. So God, as we listen to this song and as we begin singing this song and as we individually stand in our own timings, would you allow this to be a time of sweet surrender and openness toward friendship with you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.